This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, December 13th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside the newly sainted Jerem Jordan. We, we the Latter-day Saints, are we not? Uh, we had a uh, white elephant gift party, so you're seeing uh, three of these. Emmy Franks always brings it. So she, she uh, put us on some candles, which was super cool. So I'm Saint Jerome. I think patron saint of ball night. Yep. And then you are uh, Saint Spencer, patron saint of... Royal blue golf pants. Okay. And then Jason Shepard is the patron saint of conference realignment. So, yeah, ding, ding, ding. Uh, <laughs> it was the best gift that anyone brought. Emmy always brings it. She's one of our very talented student producers. She's working with the Jazz. She's worked at Real Salt Lake. She's going to have a bright future. She put in a lot of effort. This, If this is any indication oh, yeah. of what she can offer to a corporation, then there are fabulous <laughs> things ahead. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we should put Kalani Sataka in a candle for that matter. He's already on T-shirts, billboards. He's got his own ice cream flavor. And Coach Satake headlines our Monday show lineup. Why did Kalani opt for BYU as a man in obvious high demand? We'll discuss it live with him and get a good idea of what BYU faces in UAB at the Independence Bowl. Plus, an up-and-down December continues for BYU Athletics following a no-loss November as their team in danger of losing their ranking. And an NFL showdown 24 years in the making. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Stock has extended with a, quote, new unprecedented, unquote, contract that goes through 2027. Here's the coach. I'm really excited about this opportunity to be the head coach and to have the stability that, that uh, Tom mentioned. And uh, this whole situation has never been about me. It's been about our program and uh, specifically about our players. And so I'm really excited for the opportunity that, uh, that we have um, with our coaching staff and our support staff and, and everyone involved in BYU football. So Taka and the Cougars are 21-3 and since the start of 2020, an incredible record. Much more on Kalani and the contract with the coach later in the program and in what's trending. 13th-ranked BYU and Coach Satake try and get to 22-3 and in the last 25 games when they face UAB in the Independence Bowl this Saturday, 3.30 Eastern on ABC in Shreveport, Louisiana. The team will travel tomorrow to begin bowl game festivities. The Cougars have a shot to win 11 games this season, have 11 wins in back-to-back seasons for the first time in 14 years. UAB, an 8-4 and four team. The Cougars are essentially a seven-point favorite going into that game. Seven. Would have thought a little higher. Uh, like eight and a half or something. BYU Bowl between Taysom Hill and the Saints and Zach Wilson with the Jets went the way of the Saints, 30-9. and 30 to nine. Uh, it was domination by the Saints. Uh, not shocking with the Jets. They're the worst. Hill passed for 175 yards, rushed for 73, including two rushing touchdowns, one of which was a 44-yard rush, uh, the longest of his career. Wilson threw for 202. It's the first matchup with BYU quarterback starters in the NFL since 97, which is pretty gnarly. 24 years. Wow. Cougars in the NFL continue with Michael Davis of the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. He had three tackles, a tackle for loss, four pass deflections, he is quietly becoming one of the best defensive backs in the entire league. 
the Chargers beat up on the Giants. Daniel Sorensen had a tackle and two pass deflections in a dominating Kansas City Chiefs winner over the Las Vegas Raiders. And oh, Fred that was Warner ugly. Yeah. had seven tackles for the 49ers and a dramatic win over the Cincinnati Bengals. There you go. Number 24 men's hoops falls to Creighton, 83-71 in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Saturday. BYU's now 8-2, 29th in net, 25th in Ken Palm, and drop 10 out mm, of the New York people. So uh, the last two weeks, whoa, uh, only four votes. Finals week uh, is this week, so one game at Weber State on Saturday. How does BYU defend significant size moving forward? Because that is going to be they don't. the big mystery, the big issue. They just don't. BYU women's basketball suffered their first loss of the season last Friday night at Oklahoma in a wild shootout. Overtime 99-91. Tegan Graham made a BYU women's basketball record 10 three-pointers at 30 points. Shaley Gonzalez had 24, six rebounds. Cougars look to bounce back on Saturday against Washington State, another tough Pac-12 opponent. The Marriott Center, 2 Eastern, live on BYU TV. Tough and Pac-12. Those don't go in the same sentence this year for BYU. Jeremy, I'm trying. Undefeated. I'm trying to uh, build the drama of this matchup. Lauren Gustin had 21 rebounds. One team, <laughs> one <laughs> rebounds. Ridiculous. Yeah. See, and that typically would be like, whoa, the stat. But Tegan Graham was so good from the three-point line that was the headliner. Well, you give up 99. Yeah, you're gonna lose. Track and field hosted an indoor invite over the weekend. All-American pole vaulter Zach McWhorter cleared 5.82 meters to win the event, break his own school record, and record the eighth best vault in NCAA history. Whoa. Amazing. Also, uh, Jaslyn Gardner broke her 60-meter dash record with a 7.27. That is lightning fast. How about some Cougars overseas on the hard court, beginning with, well, not overseas, but across the country with TJ Haas. Nine points for the Lakeland Magic in the NBA G League. For his former teammates now playing in Europe and beyond, Jake Toulson had 10 points, two rebounds, and an assist for his team in Germany, BC Gittingen. Brandon Davies with three points, three rebounds, three assists. A three-by-three, is that a thing for FC Barcelona? that's not a thing. Kyle Collinsworth had seven points, four rebounds, and seven assists in Japan for the Seahorses, and their loss to Hiroshima and the Dragonflies. Yeah, if we're mentioning three-by-threes, we've really dipped to the uh, bottom of the well. Shocked that got through the wickets. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The New Deal. Here's Tom Homo on Kalani Sitake's recent extension. I feel like Kalani has made an incredible commitment to BYU football. He's made a commitment to the student-athletes. He's made a commitment to his staff. He's made a commitment to Cougar Nation. You can see and feel how Kalani has galvanized everybody around Cal, um, Cougar Nation to incredible heights where everybody's feeling great about the Cougs and the way they play the ball. So thus, we felt that it was imperative and very important that we made that same commitment back to him. And so today, I'm happy to say that we have an unprecedented contract with Kalani and BYU football that will keep him here for years to come. An unprecedented contract for Kalani Satake that will take him, as you mentioned in headlines, Jerem, through 2027. What does this extension for Kalani Satake mean going forward for the state of BYU football? It means he's 
very rich. That's what it means. Uh, I imagine that they perhaps, uh, I, we don't know the numbers, it's purely they're not going to say, but I'm hoping they at least doubled his salary to be competitive among the Big 12 coaches. And think about it. What BYU's done the last two years merits paying Kalani if you want to keep that level of a program. If you're BYU and you don't, then you don't make this move. But BYU does, so they made it. And they need to. Kalani Satake at one point in 2019 was like hovering around 500. Then something changed. One of those things was making Aaron Roderick their primary play caller. Another was getting some of the baby freshmen from 2018 to mature and become juniors, and then, boom, exploded in 2020 in that COVID schedule, then validated it this year with a new quarterback and a new team that lost a bunch of guys to the NFL, five draft picks. And now this, now this program's rolling. BYU beats Utah, gets the Big 12 invite. This is, this is BYU at the peak of its independent powers which will end after next season as the Cougars go into the Big 12. Buey hasn't been this good in a minute. I dare say the 06-09 era, right? You go back to that. That's the best Buey's been since uh, up until now. Buey's crushing it right now. Kalani's clapping at the refs. You know, It's a fun time to be a Buey fan. And it's not just this and, uh, last year and this year. It's the next couple of years because the talent that Buey is bringing in is going to make it so the Cougars are a 9-plus win season most of the time, it feels like. We're not going to dip, in my opinion, back to the, well, hopefully we get eight this year. There's too much talent. The, the Puka Nakua's and the King Suamata'i's and so on and so forth. And a lot of the guys we're going to mention Wednesday. And maybe Tyler Algier. And maybe a Tyler Algier if he comes back. It's very exciting to see the, the quality they're bringing in and the development of guys like Tyler Algier and others to become very good. So the continuity of having Kalani here leading BYU into the Big 12 it had to happen. Now, how seriously was he going to potentially take like a Washington or Oregon job? It doesn't feel like it was that serious. He wanted to be here. It was just making it work. That probably means was he being paid enough? And the new and unprecedented part, I'm thinking, okay, is the unprecedented part the amount of money you're paying him? What exactly does that mean? It was sort of answered in that it's, uh, you know, renewing the amount, you're, uh, the coaches, uh, the coaching staff. Getting the, like we've talked about, the nutrition team, the strength and conditioning, the academics, the recruiting. BYU needs more resources, like physically more people um, hired to handle all that. It sounds like BYU is going there. And like we talked about on Friday, my concern was, is BYU going to spend the money before it actually does the thing? Like BYU paid Kalani before the Big 12, which is perfect. Because they had to, and they did it, and I'm happy because if BYU lost Kalani, like you said, it, re- it set the program back a couple years. They have the money. They just needed to reallocate it. So they? BYU. I think BYU had oh, the oh, money to pay Kalani. It's not like they had to raise it so like they would for a building. Reallocated somewhere else? Like, from, from what? I don't know. Then they'll I, never what, tell us that. Obviously, the church has some dough. It's yes. whether it wants to spend it on a BYU sports thing. Yes, they had it. Yeah. It just has to be fit into a succinct box because everything is organized as such. So they did something different, and I'm happy they did it. This is everything to BYU football moving forward. As we discussed on Friday, this is the sure foundation of BYU football building their new pack, or sorry, their new Big 12 mansion. <laughs> Whoa, Freudian slip there. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's a flag hanging behind me over yeah. my right shoulder. Yeah. This this is the shore foundation to their Big 12 mansion, Jerem, and there would be, have been significant cracks in that foundation. But sacred fun, Spencer. Oh my goodness, they did the right thing. This is everything 
for BYU moving forward into the Big 12. You were just asking, well, what makes this deal unprecedented? Tom Holmo, the athletic director, answered that very question and gave this response. I feel it's unprecedented because Kalani and I got together with Brian Santiago, my deputy AD, and we started talking about the program. The program really starts with Kalani, but it also goes deeper than that. It goes into Kalani's coaching staff. It goes into his office staff. It goes on to the people around, the strength staff, the trainers. There's so many people that are involved in the success of this program. And when we started talking about the future with Kalani, Kalani wanted to start with them. He didn't want to start with himself. And so I think it's unprecedented. I believe it's unprecedented because, one, we're able to move forward with our head coach leading the way in a long-term contract. It also is unprecedented that we have made the commitment to Kalani and his staff going forward and for the rest of the program that we're going to do the things that we need to to bring BYU football into this modern age where we're, we've been an independent and now we're going to the Big 12. And it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a concerted effort between our administration, BYU Athletics, BYU football, Kalani and the staff, we're all in this together. The length of this contract is noteworthy because BYU is such a unique place for Kalani and his staff to feel good about going into a new recruit's home. Let's say this recruit is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and has intentions to serve a two-year mission. They want to see it out. So if they look a kid in the eye in 2021, they want to be able to say, I'm going to be your coach at the end of your career, even if you choose to go on a two-year mission. Still no guarantee of that, but yeah. But they're locking it in place. That is the plan moving forward. Right. So we're, I like this. We're used to ceilings around here. We're used to commitment. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Ain't no thing. 2027? Yeah, ain't no thing. And it was interesting to watch Kalani Satake's current players rally around their coach and then take to social media the late part of last week, essentially saying, do whatever it takes. He is BYU yeah. football. If they Pay didn't, him. that would have Pay told a his assistance. Yeah. Yes, this, this team is all in on Kalani, and Puka Nakua added this to that ideal. I think uh, we're blessed to have, that, have him and the commitment that BYU has to him and then the commitment that he has to us and that we've had to him the, throughout the years of him being here and then especially this season that we've had. So it's, it's fun. It's going to be a blast, and it's just – as we've mentioned before, just the confidence boost of having the knowing that the same guy is going to be leading and the message is changing from what it was from last week to what it was this week when he signed a, a new deal. But uh, we're just going to show have more confidence and consistency throughout this time here. The solidarity of his players and his coaches, along with his athletic administration, all good signs for BYU football moving forward. Yeah, I still have some questions on the new and unprecedented part. Like, what exactly are we talking about? And I want to talk to, you know, we'll talk to Kalani coming up in the next segment. Like, are you hiring more people? Are you paying them more? Is that what we're talking about? Because they alluded to that but didn't say it um, directly. So I'm, I'm interested in that. And it's the unprecedented part, oh, we have a longer – uh, amount of years on the deal with our coach? Like, what exactly does that mean? Our question of the day. You've heard what we think. What does the extension for Kalani Satake mean going forward for the state of BYU football? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Jeremiah underscore Hale on Twitter. 
says it means BYU is shedding its stigma of being cheap and treating coaching positions as callings. I, yes, I hate that. It's not a calling. BYU is acting like a Power 5 school and putting itself in position to hit the ground running in the Big 12. Hashtag, if you build it, they will come. Yeah, Jerem, times are a-changing. Typically, you raise athletics. the money. and then, yeah. But knowing that you're going to have two to three times the uh, TV revenue, it's nice that it's like, okay, you can pay him. Let's go. Sure. If you want to keep this thing, you got to pay for it. It's easier to reallocate funds that already exist into a different box if you know that there is greater fundage coming soon then? down the line. Yeah, you're alluding to that they existed. Like, yeah, wait, why haven't they been used prior to this point is the this question. It's a I private institution, yeah. and they will never answer those questions. Right. Right. Okay, tell me later then. <laughs> Coming up, Kalani Stakion is wait, why weren't they used up to this point on his new extension? Yes, the head coach will join us live to discuss the immediate future of BYU football, including what the Cougars face <laughs> in UAB at the Independence Bowl. Hey, Kalani, the food's really good in Shreveport. Can't wait to talk about that with you. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday's early signing day for BYU football. Be sure to tune in to BYU Sports Nation to meet the newest Cougars as we introduce you to the class of 2022. You're just going to get a lot of work done in December and a couple more guys in February, but you want to pay attention coming up Wednesday, noon Eastern, right here on BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is now our pleasure to welcome in live to the show over Zoom, the head football coach at Brigham Young University through at least 2027, Kalani Satake. Coach, great to have you on a Monday. How was your weekend? It was great. Yeah, I had a great time. And uh, I'm sorry about the lighting here, guys. I just had to say, they said the lighting is not the best, but I think it's perfect. <laughs> they, they used all the lighting funds on your new contract, I guess, right? <laughs> wow. I knew, I knew it wouldn't take you long, Jerem. So, yeah. Coach, in all seriousness, congratulations on working it out. Uh, I know that there was uh, a lot of stress across the BYU fan base at the thought of losing their beloved coach. So for this all to come together, and now that you've had the weekend to think about it, what are your emotions on a day like today? Um, just, I'm just really happy for the program, and more than anything, just focused on on the players and getting them ready for this bowl game. But um, just uh, you know, everything that that happened over the, over the last few days, uh, last couple of weeks, have been just focused on trying to get this program uh, as good as we need we we need to be to, to compete. Um, and so, it's again, the the need the need um, resources for our players, and and also for our coaching staff and support staff. So that's that's been the key. And I think um, my goal is is to make all the fans happy. And so, uh, I think they they want a. a High caliber team that can go out there and compete, and uh, and there's some of those little things, the little details. We talk about details. In the in the game of football can help you win. Well, there's a lot of details that goes into the uh, the operations of everything that that I think would make things a lot easier for us to function. And and I feel really good about where we're at right now, uh, going into this bowl game and also prepping to go into the 2022 season. So, are we talking about adding staff members uh, to different parts of the program, like you talked about? And paying them more. What are we talking about there? Yeah, I think the key is to um, to to add more resources. I think there's a lot of guys that can do so many different things, and we wear a bunch of hats here. But I think if we can keep focused on um, 
on, on just basically maximizing the opportunities and the roles that they have so that we can really, really master that. That's, that's the key. And then, uh, and then also retaining our, our staff. I think the, um, not having anyone leave just because of money, that, that's something that, that uh, I think would be really important for us to, in order to keep things rolling. If you look at teams that have had a lot of success, it's, it's come down to um, a stability. And so, uh, um, and, and you can go throughout all the different organizations and franchises and teams that, that are competitive. Uh, those that win are, are usually those that don't have a lot of uh, turnover, a lot of change. And so we're trying to keep our group here and our, keep our culture as strong as possible. And that means retaining the best, uh, the best people around us. I mean, this is not a one man job. This is, I, I'm here uh, because of all the wonderful people that work and sacrifice for our program and, and all the players. And so I think it's, it's key for us to do all the little things right in order to make all the fans happy. And I think the, the, the fans, uh, Cougar Nation has high expectations. I just want to make sure that we match them. Coach, I don't know how much uh, you were aware or are aware of how the fans rallied on social media, and that included your players late in the last uh, part of the week. What does it mean to you to hear about that and feel their love and support when it is up in the air and then eventually it does come together? Well, I think the, um, you know, I, I have so much appreciation for, for all our players uh, and then so much love for them. And then you, you know how I feel about the fans. And so uh, I, I, I don't do a lot of social media stuff, but people still can still get a hold of me. And I, and so I, and, and, and I have family members and friends and coaches that are on social media and they just keep talking about the wonderful support that we get. And I just came to a point where it's like, you know, let's, let's stop making people worry so much about things. And then, and by people, the fans that we love and care about so much, but also, the players. I want the players to be focused on this game, focused on performing and getting better um, in the bowl prep. I think there's a lot of growth and development that needs to happen. And I think the sooner that we can get this thing um, ironed out, the better. And that, that's why uh, there's such a sense of urgency from me to get to get this thing uh, taken care of as quickly as possible. So I didn't want people to worry about it. What role did this season have in this new contract versus last season? Last season, certainly incredible. Um, you know, the, the critics were talking about the schedule. You validated it with this year. So what role did this year have to do with sort of the interest from other schools like Oregon and Washington and others versus, okay, let's lock me in longer and let's go into the Big 12 together? I think, I mean, rather than talking about interest from other schools, I think the thing that matter, that uh, changed the most was uh, the invite to the Big 12. Um, you know, that, that I, th I think, um, how do I say it? Uh, there's a lot of things that needed to happen that, that you always want that, that to, to improve on. Um, and, and we knew that there's some limited, um, um, and that we know there are some limitations here and, and, and a lot of it had to do with the resources, the, the budgets, things like, things like that. And, uh, with the invite to the big 12, uh, I felt like there's really no excuse now. now. Now we have to go after it because, and then I did I don't want to wait. And I know a lot of people don't want to wait. We want to perform and be as good as we possibly can. The season is just a, a, a combination of just hard work and, and young young players stepping up and and, and showing off our, our depth a little bit. Um, I, like I said, I don't want to rely on our depth, but it's nice to know that we have a lot of players that can step up and play. Considering all the all the production that we lost, everyone kept talking about how we lost so much production last year from last year to this year. 
uh, yeah, that's tough when you lose number two overall pick in the NFL draft. And But if you think about it, it's those 13 individuals, the five draft picks and the eight free agents that signed. Um, if, if all those guys came back, then it would have been a different team. But the the prep uh, for the for the bowl game last year against UCF um, allowed us to get our team ready and in a faster rate. And uh, I'm planning on that happening again and, and having our guys be focused. Uh, you know, that's why the the um, urgency to get everything ironed out and get it taken care of with, with the contracts and retaining everybody as much as many players and coaches as we can uh, is really important for us going into the, the 22 season. So are you alluding to the increased revenue uh, from the Big 12, at least in the first two years, and then we'll see what the next contract is in 25? Would, in your mind, give BYU an opportunity to increase those resources perhaps sooner than than normal? I believe so. I mean, I have some background in it. I, I went well, I was at Utah when we went from uh, Mountain West to the Pac-12, and so I saw some of the things and the transitions that were made and, and adjustments that were made into going into that. And and uh, but you know, in, in that in that aspect, we had a little bit more time. And and uh, here. It, the time is a lot. I mean, there's one season in between, uh, one season away from going into that conference now. And so uh, I think uh, there, there's a, for me, there's a sense of urgency to do it quicker and to try to do do it maybe as, 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 as fast as possible, but within the parameters of how we function, being a, a church a school and, and knowing the, the situation that we're in where we're not, we're, you know, we're looking at it from, uh, I mean, we went into it right, right during the season. So, uh, the, the timing is, is a little different than what it was when I was at Utah, but uh, more than anything, I saw the, the increase in, in revenue and the increase in opportunities, meaning, um, you know, retaining staff with, with salaries, but also uh, adding pro- um, needed resources that other, other uh, P5 programs have. BYU head football coach Kalani Satake with us on BYU Sports Nation. I'm glad you brought up your experience at Utah, watching that program transition from Group of Five to Power Five, because... I made a very strong point on the show that I feel like it is imperative that BYU retain you for that because you have gone through it and you have touched on it lightly. But how else will going through that at Utah help you now in your unique position at BYU transitioning the Cougars from an independent state into a Power Five conference? Well, I mean, the the, uh, the experience is one thing. You know, so I, knowing what we went through when I was – at the U with, with Kyle. And, uh, I, I sat in, in, in a lot of meetings and I looked at things and how we did it. And so I, I have some thoughts on, on what I thought we, we did that went well there and then probably what we can do here and what, what actually, um, what, what actually can be done compared to here to there, you know? And, and I think, I think in some ways there's some things that we can do a little bit quicker. And then there's other things that I think would take some time, but I know exactly, uh, some of the some of the situations, whether it's recruiting, for me it's the football team, but there's also all the operations, all the the budget concerns, travel, everything that goes into it. Um, there's these high there's high expectations to perform during the season, and and uh, and in order to get that done and to be at our best, I always talk about performing at our best, and I know what's coming in 2023, and I know what we have to do in the transition in 2022, and so we're trying to get that done as soon as possible, and. Um, you know, I, I think having gone, having been able to have that experience of going through it already and, and being, you know, I, I was there with, with Coach Whittingham. I saw some of the things that were said, done, plans, and uh, they were really cool. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for this transition going to the Big 12. 
Okay, let's talk about Wednesday. Huge day for the program. Uh, early signing day. I, I know you guys are hoping to get a, a ton done on that day. Have you targeted any specific uh, position groups you need to address right now? Yeah, we're just trying to add to the depth of the team. And and, and more than anything, is it's the uh, the character of our players uh, matter the most. And, and and we know that a lot of these young men have gone through, uh, you know, a good number have gone through some adversity in, in their seasons and but I, what I really, really like the most is the leadership that I see from them within their own programs in high school. And so um, to see them commit to us, and a lot of them has been loyal to us from, from the very beginning, I've seen some development in them um, already. And so I see the potential in them as football players, but it's also the potential that I see in them and adding to our culture, adding to our depth, and then being a vital part of our program. Coach Satake on BYU Sports Nation. I know that the only recruiting is not happening at the high school level. I'm thinking about guys like Tyler Algier and Gunnar Romney, perhaps some other guys that are thinking about moving on, Neil Pau. How much recruiting is uh, being worked on with those guys to maybe convince them to come back for what could be a special 2022 run? Well, there's a lot of lot of talking, and, and, and the communication matters, but um, it needs to be their idea to, to come back if they want to do this right. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be um, us uh, giving them all the reasons. I think once they figure it out and they're committed to doing it and being here, whether it's here or going to the NFL, uh, it needs to be uh, their motivation. I, I don't want any of them to come back feeling that they got uh, asked to do it and then they're only doing it just for the team. But uh, I know that the fans will, will help us out on that. But <laughs> For me, I want I want commitment because there's there's a lot of development from those guys too. So uh, they can be better in, uh, in a year from now playing for us. Then uh, I, I I'm, I'm going to need them to be all in and all bought in, and it has to come from them. But I, I I can give them as much information as possible. And you know, there's a lot of guys that that um, that left that they wish they would have been on our sideline when we had big wins against Utah and mm-hmm. big wins against ASU. So mm. uh, there's there's a there's other people that they can talk to that are in the NFL right now. And they can probably say, Hey, what was it like for you? And I plan on our alumni being, um, you know, I, I think they already know what I want and <laughs> they already know what the fans want, but maybe they should talk to the, the individuals got, that got drafted and the individuals that are in the NFL and free agent deals that are on practice squads and, and see if, Hey, if they could do it all over again, would they do it or would they stay? But college football is so awesome. That there's nothing like it. Um, and so you might as well keep that baby going as long as you can. And hey, Notre Dame and Oregon and Arkansas, that all sounds pretty fun next year. So, uh, Tyler Algier, come back, please. Um, Chris Wilcox last year. Hanging out with you guys, you know, and and being on on Sports Nation and seeing you guys more. So, that's all that matters. But it's also the fans. I've talked to a lot of the guys in the NFL. They miss hanging out with the fans and they love going and playing games and then having our fans at the games. You know what I mean? But there's nothing like it when when you're wearing the Y and you're playing and representing. So, uh, I, I think. Some, I mean, we have such a powerful fan base, and I, I think even sometimes the players even take that for granted sometimes. And when it's not there, I know they'll miss it. So you might as well just stick around and hang out and try to do as much as we can here. We'll clip that off and send it to Tyler later. Um, Chris, <laughs> Chris Wilcox opted out of the Boca Raton Bowl last year. Is everyone planning on playing this year? Yep, everyone's planning on playing. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't blame Chris for, for that, but – uh, you know, we had it was a good opportunity for the young guys to step up and fill in and, and cover some really athletic receivers in, in, against UCF. And 
you know, uh, UAB's got a lot of talent, a lot of uh, ability on their side too. So it's going to be great for our guys to get out there and play. But as far as I, 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 from what we, we are going into this, this game, we leave tomorrow. Um, everybody that's healthy will play. Coach UAB does a lot of things. Well, probably at the top of that list is their rush defense, which is number 11 in the country right now. And in talking with some of your guys, they have pointed out, look, they got dudes, they can play. What have you seen on film from UAB that uh, gives you the greatest pause or greatest concern as you prepare for that team in the bowl game? Really well coached team. Uh, Bill, Bill Clark's got a, a great reputation of having his team ready and, 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 and assignment sound football. And you watch them on film. Uh, there's not a lot of mistakes that happen. And then defensively, you're right, they take away the run. And so they try to keep you, um, you know, a one-way team. And, and uh, for us, we need to be able to run and, and pass. We need to do all of it. We, we, that's, that's imperative to our success on offense. And for our defense, it's going to be a, a difficult match because they can run the ball, but they also can take shots down the field. So it's, it's, I think they're, they're the type of matchup that can, um, you know, they, they can – possess the ball and try to keep our offense off the field. And I think that's, that's, we're anticipating that's going to be their plan. So we need to do whatever we can on the defensive end to create some havoc and possibly get some favor in the turnover margin. And then, uh, you know, get the ball back to our offense and let our offense do their deal. But it's, it's going to be harder than what people think. But uh, anytime you challenge our offense, uh, they seem to, to really answer the call. So I'm looking forward to seeing them uh, play the game on Saturday. Coach, we appreciate your genuine responses and the extra time today. You were the highest-ranked team to play in the Boca Raton Bowl a year ago in that bowl game's history. You're going to do the same in the Independence Bowl as the number 13 team in the country. And from what we hear, the Cajun Creole on the Tex-Mex is next level in Shreveport. <laughs> so we're doing our best to find specific joints so that we can get those you and your guys taken care of, at least food-wise. Hey, these guys are really excited to be out there in Shreveport. They're really excited about this game. I know um, – and we're really excited about playing UAB. So uh, our guys are, are not uh, have not lost focus. They're they they are a grateful group, and uh, we 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 really appreciate the opportunity to play this game and uh, do it in front of our fans. So we're looking forward to getting out there. And then the added bonus is again we get to eat some food and the head coach gets to gain some weight. So here we go. <laughs> Start the holiday weight gain early. I'm with you on that train, man. Let's go. Uh, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for. Uh, a nice smooth travel to Shreveport and obviously to win the game against UAB. We appreciate you, Kalani. Thanks so much. Love you guys. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. Kalani Satake on his new extension through 2027 on paper. Obviously, as you have pointed out, things can change, but everything can be undone. But you can always extend again, too. Like if BYU has a great season next year, to keep him away from other schools, you may have to extend again, right? That, that's that's what happened this year. That, he was under contract at 25. That but looks he's a and feels man. and sounds like a man that wants to be at BYU for a long time. No one's denying that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just making sure it's good. And what he wanted was for the staff to be taken care of, and he got it. Yes. That's part of the I, deal. I, yeah. love, I love that that was such a point of emphasis. Enough of an emphasis that Tom Homo said – these discussions began with an emphasis on getting his staff around him taken care of. Absolutely. And you have to going into the Big 12. Let's go. Coming up, a BYU player speaks a thing into existence. And I think we're all living as BYU fans a little vicariously through a certain player in the Australian National Basketball League after what happened to Matthew Dellavedova. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's the truest thing you've said on this. <laughs>
This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU Basketball got some things to figure out right now. Check out BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as coach and Greg Rebell review the game versus Utah State and Creighton. Preview the matchup at Weber State tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation on a busy Monday. To interact with the show and get content throughout the day, follow us on all of the major social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Taysom Hill and the Saints got the better of Zach Wilson and the Jets. What do you think of this post-game photo between them? I think it's a fantastic photograph. I wish that things had gone a little bit better for Zach Wilson, specifically passing the ball, just 19-42. to 42. Record that and play it every week. That coming off of a week where he won the NFL Rookie of the Week award, so he was better the week before, just working through some rookie inconsistencies. So my only complaint is I just wanted Zach to have a little bit better of a game in the matchup of BYU quarterbacks, but Taysom doing his thing. And I agree with some Saints beat writers who are saying, let's stop not appreciating Taysom Hill for what he is because he's winning games primarily as a starting quarterback, and he's doing so with an injured finger and an injured foot. He's getting it done. I said a few weeks ago, why are we worried about what he isn't? Just celebrate what he is. And I don't have a ton of hope that things are going to get a ton better for the Jets. It's not a distrust of Zach. It's a distrust of the Jets. Just frustrating to watch for him. Taysom Hill's got his shot at the GOAT, Tom Brady, on Sunday Night Football next week. <laughs> That'll be fun. Malik Moore, BYU defensive back, asked for a wing stop deal back in Pullman, Washington after the win over Washington State. In fact, let's revisit my post-game interview with him to set up this next question. I ain't feeling peace. I'm feeling like some wing stop today. Some wing stop. I need wing stop to sponsor me or something. Hey, if y'all watching this wing stop, please hit your boy up. I want it. I go there every time. <laughs> you got it. Jerem, dreams do come true? Yes, they do. Malik posted on his Instagram about Wingstop. So, yeah, he got some kind of deal. I'm hoping it's, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm guessing it's not super lucrative, but if he's getting wings like once a week or something. Fantastic. Free, free food. That's great. Whatever. You hey, do you, Malik. Hey, Wingstop, I like you too. Way to get it done. I don't have three picks, though. Way to get it done with Wingstop, my friend. BYU Hoops drops out of the top 25 and, according to team rankings, has a 63% chance of making the tourney, down about 10% from last week. Was the Creighton loss that big of a deal? Please. No, it's not that big of a deal. Like, every loss stings, but BYU's going to lose some games in a very fickle sport. I opt for no more 10 a.m. Saturday games <laughs> in the Pentagon. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, like but, 18 degrees outside. Right, too. and people say, well, Creighton still had to play. Creighton is very close to the Pentagon. This this was Closer. a de facto road game for BYU very early. And you know what? At least they shot the three-pointer well. Jerem, that should bode well for BYU moving forward. Threes are back. Just need to make some twos. Um, yeah, it was, it was a tough game from two for BYU. Um was it that big of a deal? The loss itself, no, but BYU has some real things to figure out. Points in the paint is an issue right now. Rebounding is a little bit of an issue. Uh, BYU certainly has to figure that out. I'm, I still think this is a tourney team, yes. but it's but it's not going to be as uh, easy as we thought. I think single-digit seed in jeopardy, like just get into the tourney at this point. I said I didn't think BYU was going to drop out of the top 25. They drop, and then they drop out all the way. I didn't think they'd lose another non-conference game. No Gavin Baxter is a big freaking deal. BYU was a six seed projected in Lenardi's bracketology like five days ago. Friday. 
They lose to Creighton. They're not all of a sudden going to drop out of NCAA tournament consideration. The 63% chance of making the tournament, according to the team ranks, is way too low. Like That is a vast knee-jerk overreaction. Like, come on. is a tournament team. They're 7-2. They're going to win some games. They'll, they'll get better as they push forward. They might be tougher than we expected, yeah. but they're still a tournament team. If I'm St. Mary's and Gonzaga, I am very excited, though, right now with my size against BYU. As, BYU's as they should got be. some things to figure out there. As they should be. Yeah. Jimmer Fredette said on the BYU Creighton basketball postgame Twitter space with Tyler Hawes and yourself that he would probably play in China again after the new year. Jimmer, are you excited to follow Jimmer in the CBA again? I'm always excited to follow uh, Jimmer, wherever, yeah, yeah. Is China the best fit for him? I, I suppose. Yeah, let's do it. I'm excited to watch Jimmer Fredette go for 70 again. <laughs> He's done it That'd twice in the CBA. He's probably going to do it again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> would we be surprised? And it will He's end Jimmer. up on SportsCenter again because he's Jimmer. He's Jimmer. Was the women's basketball team's first loss overtime at Oklahoma Friday night? Acceptable. Yes. It stings because BYU had a chance to close it out in regulation. Game was tied. Didn't get a great shot off. Uh, and then watched it kind of fall apart in overtime. But, yes, this is an acceptable loss. This is an Oklahoma team that was receiving votes in the top 25. It was a shootout. Again, fickle game. Basketball is weird sometimes. That is not a bad loss. In fact, I think BYU may drop, I don't know, probably only two or three spots in the rankings because a bunch of teams between 17 and 25 also lost last week. It'll be a quad one loss. So, yes. Yeah, it's not a, yeah sure. Okay, yeah. uh, we've saved the best for last, Jerem. Look at that. Matthew Delavadova gnome you have to your left. Look at this. Matthew Delavadova got dunked on so hard ah, in the was, Australian National Basketball League. It was Basketball so nice League. to watch. I'll like, just posterized. I don't want any, like, serious ill will. It's Bill Simmons talks about sports hate. It's different than actual hate, right? <laughs> like, sports hate, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got dunked on so hard. Was that and the best all... thing you saw this weekend? Uh... No, the best thing I saw was Venna nailing her, uh, crushing her karate board. Oh, nice. And that was the best thing I saw. But, yes, it was, it was awesome. That was one of the best sports things I saw. The best thing I saw was Ron Harper Jr.'s uh, buzzer beater against number one Purdue. That was amazing. That was amazing. That was incredible. At some point, we got to, like, That was a Delavadova-type right? shot. That's what I told Tyler in the Twitter space. I said, hey, it's you're not alone. Other people do it. He's now Matthew Delavadunkdon. <laughs> Let's just make it that. Matthew Deliver, I'm not going to say. Coming up, while the team struggled, we did not. A double-down recap is on the way. And let's revisit some of the things that Kalani Satake just told us. Read between the lines, if you will. Mm. This is BYU Sports Nation. Between the lines? Lauren, is that you? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the newest Deep Blue podcast, I talked to Blaine Fowler about his recruitment to BYU. Ah, heavily recruited. Almost playing in the CFL and NFL. I didn't know this. This is for the Chiefs. It's crazy. Whoa. And calling games to the Cougars for over 30 years. Listen to it on the BYU radio app and where podcasts are found. Really fun conversation with Blaine. And you know Blaine from watching him all over the years. He's like the most interesting person ever to hang out with. He has so much. So many stories, skills, talents. He's so fun to hang out with. So go hang out with him on that podcast. He's also the father of probably the most talented family that I've ever encountered. I'm hoping that my children are like a third of what his kids have done. <laughs> Seriously. He's got like four Division One football playing sons. Broadway. He's got a daughter on Broadway. Like, <laughs> it's, 
It is an embarrassment of talent riches in that family. They're all skilled and good looking. I mean, that's the goal, right? Like, wow. Incredible. Couldn't have happened to a better family, though. Yeah, they're we, awesome. We love Blaine and Brenda and incredible stuff. And, uh, yeah, we, we love the Fowlers. I know Kalani Satake has great love for the Fowlers as well. And uh, Blaine and Kalani have become close friends. And we just talked with Kalani Satake earlier in the show about how he feels about his new contract following the weekend. Some things have settled in. Bowl prep has now kicked in high level. I think he feels great. Sure. Yeah, he was juggling a lot of things. How weird is that to have <laughs> to wonder, like, okay, signing day's coming up, bowl game on December 18th. Oh, my contract's not finalized. Where do you go mentally for that? that well, that's well, really a tough. A renewal to because he had leverage against Oregon and Washington. He was under contract till 25. This was BYU doing him a solid by saying, listen, we know we need to pay you more. We know we need to get you in the Big 12 space. We know you want to increase um, the staff. I imagine BYU was going to do this at some point to meet the expectations and the uh, you know Big 12 Power 5 equivalent staffs. Well, with, Washington and Oregon gave it a big kick in the rear. Yes, and 10 it, and 2 get it going. 10 and 2 gave it the biggest kick in the rear. Um, and then those added on to me. If BYU doesn't go 10 and 2, Kalani doesn't have as much leverage to one be interviewed by Oregon and Washington in the interest and two to say, okay, it wasn't just 2020 now. It wasn't a pandemic schedule. It was a normal schedule. In fact, it was abnormal. It was seven power fives. We went six and one, beat Utah, beat Arizona. Da, da, da. Kalani had all the leverage. Like BYU had to do this, and I'm glad that they did because in the past, sometimes I feel like BYU did not. But this time they did, and they are to be credited with them. I couldn't help but feel a great sense of excitement and anticipation for the 2022 schedule, knowing that, okay, you got your man, and the consistency of his staff, we believe, is coming back. And who knows if that will bring back some other high-level players that may have been opting to go to the NFL. We'll, AKA we'll Tyler see. Roger. Yeah, we'll see. Or Gunnar Romney. Neil Powell, like at least pursuing an NFL. If career. you lose one of those guys, it's okay because that is so deep. But if you if you lose Tyler Algier, it's a game changer. Okay, game changer. Well, and within BYU football, we have pointed out that it is a unique program. There are obvious limitations built in to leading a program at BYU because BYU does things differently. Yes, for a long time we've known that they don't spend like the highest level power five programs and you're dealing with an honor code and you're dealing with a situation where guys are in the program often for seven years and you got to figure out scholarships over that. Right. It, just, it is such a challenge, but Kalani has gotten to a good place where he's, he's figured out how to utilize those limitations, but he's seen where there are discrepancies and where BYU can still do that even right. amidst those challenges. Right. I, I am not huge on, I volunteer to do this and then complain about it. So we've got to be careful with the honor code. That's the thing we choose to do here. The other thing is BYU is never going to spend like a high power five. It's more like, can BYU match a mid-tier power five? That's what BYU, where BYU needs to be. I'm confident they probably did that with Kalani. Who knows what he makes now? I'm hoping it's like three and a half to four mil because that's what he deserves. So uh, let's go. Yeah, BYU is going in the Big 12 with its guy. Very excited about that. That's awesome. Okay, coming up, double down accountability. Hey, it actually went well for both of us for once. <laughs> and the rivalry teams up for an unforgettable rise and shout-out. Utes and Cougars coming together. Yeah. Great stuff on the way. This is BYU Sports Nation. 
This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or you can download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, review. Okay, Jerem. Let's review Double Down because it was a winning weekend for us amidst a loss for BYU men's basketball. Yeah. Got uh, to FS2. <laughs> Didn't catch that part. Two predictions about the game against Creighton. Each one we get correct is worth one point. If you get both, then there's a bonus point for a total of three possible points. Jerem, lead us off. BYU will make eight or more threes. BYU averaging seven, but uh, made 12. Well. So that went really well. The two, BYU was terrible from twos. It was weird. Yeah. Weird day. A weird overall poor shooting performance, and they still made 12 threes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's tough. It was tough to get to the rim. Two, BYU's top three scores, Barcelo Lucas Johnson will count for less than 39 points. Alex Barcelo goes for 28. I was toast. Until Tijon Lucas and Spencer Johnson combined for six. Which 34. is weird. Yeah. Really weird. I just thought it'd be the other guys in this one. And uh, it wasn't any guys besides Alex. 28 for AB. Yeah. All right, my first pick. Four different BYU basketball players will make a three-pointer. Five made threes, nice. including Caleb Lohner. And like at the last second. Which is what made my second pick come to fruition. I said BYU <laughs> will score at least 40 points in the second half. They had 38, and then Caleb Lohner takes that last three in the final minute of the game and knocks it down. My guy, Caleb Lohner. All right, our question of the day. What does the extension for Kalani oh, Satake mean going forward for BYU football? Our Elite Voice today presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Elizabeth Larson Brown on Instagram says it means lots more wins, great dance moves, and fun, fun, fun. Let's go. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Lorenzo Faltea and Utah offensive lineman Nick Ford bring Utes and Cougars together uh, to provide uh, you know benefits uh, with the Utah foster care. Had a meal last night, Klein Sitake and uh, Kyle Whittingham were there. Great to see two former Cougar players together. And we give a rise and shout-out to those affected by the tornadoes in Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, and Arkansas. For Jeremiah I'm Spencer. Shout-out to Tom Satake. We'll see you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation. He's back! Go.